This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. on this series that we have embarked upon, and that is the purpose of the family. If you could turn to Genesis chapter 1, that's going to be our foundational text for my piece of this. And um, the title of this section of this series is, is called uh, Family, a Reflection of the Image of God. Family, a Reflection of the Image of God. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 And 27, we're going to uh, read that in the scripture. The scripture reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man. In his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And so we started out last week with talking about the formation of man. Uh, The objectives of this teaching, I said, is to understand the formation and the makeup of man, how we are created, how we are made. And the second objective is to understand how the image of God is reflected in and through the family in two ways, in character and in structure. So we're going to understand the formation of man. We want to understand how the image of God is reflected in and through the family in character and in structure. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I don't think we're going to go there. We're not going to go there, but uh, there we, we... we saw we were established in the fact that that not the natural came first. So we said it was comparing the two that that man came, Adam came, and then God, which is the spiritual. So we we were talking about um, man being created as a three-part being. So the man we understand has a spirit, he has a soul, and he has a body, and you cannot separate any of those three because that is the makeup. Of man, if you separate them, then you have other things, right? So animals, we were made, we were formed. Man was formed from the dust of the ground. Okay, man was formed from the dust of the ground. As a matter of fact, turn to look at Genesis chapter seven, Genesis two. I'm sorry, Genesis two, and we're going to look at verse seven. And the Lord God formed man. Here it is. Here formed man. Of the dust of the ground. So we were created from the ground. And then it says, And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the natural was first. Man was created, he was formed from the ground, just as the animals were formed from the ground. But what makes us different from the animals? And that is our spirit and our soul. It's our intelligence, our soul. It's parts of our intelligence, our desires, our emotions. Animals don't have those things. And animals don't have spirits. We talked about that last week. I said, no, although you love your dog, all dogs don't go to heaven. They don't, have, they don't go to heaven because they don't even have the capacity to. 
They were not created with the capacity, with the spirit to be able to accept the things of God and to be able to apply those things in their souls, to be able to operate in those things out of their souls, their intelligence, their desires, so, and their, their choice. So they, I told you that animals are strictly, they were created with instinct. Animals operate strictly by instinct. So when we, um, in our sexual desires and our sexual preference, and then we hear, and I, I've heard this said, and I'm sure you have too. Men say it's just, it's just in a man to just, it's in a man to cheat. Why? Because it's in a man to have sex. He, he, has, he has needs, he has desires. You're operating just like an animal. Hence the word dog. You're operating just like a dog. Because that's all they know. They operate off of their instincts. And that's all that they do. But man was created differently than that. Created differently than that. We were created to be able to respond, to hear and to respond to God. We were created to be God's representative in the earth. And that's what the image, and that's, this is all that we're understanding. So I had to go all the way back to the beginning, and I had to understand, we have to understand and establish, because I cannot, I cannot take for granted that everyone in this room understands how they were created. And that's why we're taking our time and we're going back through this. So man is made of spirit, soul, and body, and the spirit and the soul are so intrinsically connected. I told you last time that Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4, it tells us that the spirit and the soul, that they are so intrinsically connected that it takes the word of God to be able to discern the two. Just like bone from marrow. They're so intrinsically connected that it takes the word of God to be able to declare and to, to be able to decipher between the two. So that's how some, I told you that, that the spirit and the soul, there's not a whole lot, not a whole lot in the Bible about the difference between the spirit and the soul. There's not a whole lot about it. But there are some distinct differences that, that, um, that are, are, are set there and that we see. So man's life, that is the center and the source of his being. We said that it originated in a different way from his physical body. We just saw that. The spirit and the soul of man. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We just want to see this. We talked last week about we talked last week about the body. We talked about death. We talked and we talked about physical death at this point. And so we see here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7 it says, "Then shall the dust return to the earth." We're talking about our physical death. "Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was." And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So we saw that our bodies are from the earth. But our spirits, and that's our spirit, our soul, our soul is from God. He was the one that gave it to us. That is the impartation. Remember we said that last week. That his spirit and the soul is a part of his impartation. A part of him that he has imparted unto us. Okay. It's a part of him that he has imparted to us. That's the spirit and that's the soul. Remember, because our soul also, uh, our soul also includes our thoughts. It includes our will. It includes our desires. And you know God has all of that. He has desire. He desires for us to live holy. 
He has a will. We already know. He has a will. This is his will. So he has a will and he has desires. He has all of those things. And that's why we were, as, 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 as mankind, that's why, we are so, that's why it says that we were made a little bit lower than the angels. A little bit lower than the angels, meaning this. God is the greatest. We couldn't, we couldn't be, we can't, no, we can't be on the same level with God. Nobody's on the same level with God, right? He is the creator. But as far as the creatures are concerned, under him, we were made a little bit lower than the angels, right? But we were made higher than the animals. You get it? Okay. So the part of us, our spirits, our souls, and we say that the spirit of man, that's the part that connects with God. The spirit is the part that connects with God. That's the part of us that God breathes into us. The part of us that can acknowledge God, that can understand God, that can um, respond to God. That is the part of us that understands and discerns those things that are spiritual. That's the spirit of man. Understands and, and discerns those things that are spiritual. It enables us to know him, the spirit, our spirit. It enables us to know him and enable us to serve him our spirit man it enables us to know him to serve him and to worship him and then we said that the soul of man that's part about the breathing creature right the breathing creature in which life life is present physical or mental life is present physical or mental we said that that is the center of our existence the seat of our senses our desires our affections and our appetites and the soul is eternal because we just read there right so the, the the so the example that i gave you last week is that when we have loved ones who are who are on uh, breathing machines they're on life support they're on life support because they are considered what a vegetable. We said that. They consider them a vegetable because they have no brain activity. Right? Their, mind, their souls, their minds, their thoughts, it's not there. They have, there's no, the, the only thing, and, and so it helps pump their lung, all of them is gone. No air being able to pump through their lung, all of that. And I said that we, 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 we don't like to take them off of life support because of our own selfishness. We try to keep them living. But I said, at that point, no brain activity. Their souls have already exited their bodies. It's already exited. It's, they're already gone. They have already returned. Because we saw here the soul, it returns to God. The spirit, it's, it's going to return. Because our souls are eternal. That's an eternal being. Our souls are eternal. Our bodies will be made eternal. But that's the glorified body. But our present bodies, they are not only our souls. It's only our souls. So we saw, we saw that uh, last week. So man, we said man is, is a unique creature. We saw that in Psalms chapter 8, that man was made a little bit lower than the angels. And we saw, um, uh, let's, let's go to Psalms chapter 8 really quick. Psalms 8, and let's look at verse 4. 
What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. So we said that here, and he was crowned, man was crowned, mankind was crowned with glory and honor. I said that was the privilege, the glory is the privilege of God's presence. He was crowned with glory. That was the privilege of God's presence. That is his image and his likeness. That's the very presence of God in us. His image and his likeness. And we were crowned with that. And it says that we were crowned with honor. The honor is the privilege of having dominion over the other creatures here on earth. We talked a little bit about our dominion last week. Y'all didn't agree with me when I said y'all have dominions over snakes. Y'all didn't agree with me when I said that. You have dominion over every creeping thing that's up on the earth. That's what the Lord said, but you didn't agree with that. Okay? So we got to work. That's something we got to work on, right? I said, no, we, we're, we are afraid about what those creatures can do to us. They can bite us. They can, you know, we're afraid about that. But you do have dominion. God said it. He said it. I didn't say it. Right? He said it. I just confirmed it for you through the Word. We just read it in the Word. But you do have dominion. Now, whether we exercise that dominion or not, that's one thing. But you do have dominion. So we talked about that. That the very good, the, the honor, the the honor that God has bestowed upon mankind is the privilege of being able to have dominion. That is the honor that He has bestowed upon. So, of all of the living, all of the living uh, creatures here on earth, of all of the living on earth, man has dominion over all of the living on earth. That's wonderful news. That is wonderful news. And again, we don't necessarily exercise it, but we do. Every living, every creature, every walk, every, we're not walking because we don't have dominion over man. Mankind has dominion over every other living creature. Okay? And God created it that way. He created it that way. That's a, a little bit, no, and no, you don't have, you're not, you're not, and I'm getting beha- uh, ahead of myself. Okay, we're going to go. Let's, 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 let's do this. Okay, we're going to have a, a small little exercise here. Small exercise. Imagine. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to imagine certain things. Right? I want you to imagine yourself. Okay, so when I said imagine yourself, then what was the first thing that happened? Talk to me. What was the first thing that happened? Huh? When you, I'm sorry. What? A mental image. You had a mental image. Okay. Did everybody have a mental image? Who didn't have a mental image? Okay. All right, there were a few people that didn't have a mental image. Okay. I want you to imagine God. Okay. Who did not have a mental image? Raise your hands high if you did not have a mental image. Okay. So for those of you who had a mental image, what did you imagine? Say it loud so I can hear it. I'm sorry? What God is like? 
Okay, so you didn't have a, you had a, you had a, an idea about what God is like. Okay, and so you all are smart. Anybody have a picture image? Okay, two people had a picture image. I think more of you had a picture image. I was not saying the truth. Some of you probably. Okay, so my point is, is that most, most of the time, generally, generally speaking, when we say image, we think picture. We imagine a picture. We imagine, we imagine, we have a visible picture. We have a visible image of something, generally speaking, when people say image, right? But we have to think about it as God thinks about it, the way God thinks about it. Remember, he said that we were a, whole, we were a holy nation. He created us another ethnos, right? Now, generally, in an ethnicity, people look alike. And, and, and when we think of ethnicity, we think of what? People looking alike. Acting alike, same culture. It's the visible about what we can see. But what God is saying is the ethnicity and the ethnos is about the character. It's about, it's about how we live. It's about how we operate. It's about how we function. That's the image. That's the ethnicity. That's the way God thinks of it. Not man, but that's the way God thinks of it. Now, because you were taught well, because you were taught well, some of you had the correct answer. But before Christ, before you knew of him, if someone were to ask you to imagine God, what would you have said? That picture on the wall that you usually see. The one on the fan that you normally see, right? On the church fan. Because that's the way people, that's the way we look at it, as people. But the spiritually minded folks, those of you that didn't raise your hand about the image, the spiritually minded, we understand because we, our minds have been renewed, right? Which again is a part of the image of God. Because now you're thinking like him. Operating in his image. And that's the way we were created to do. Right. We were created to do that before the fall of man. We were created to do that before the fall of man. Okay. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1 before we get into that. So we're talking about the image. We're talking about the image. So, again, generally people think of when we think of image, they think of likeness. Our minds generally go to looking the same physically, physical features. Uh, but God is not a man. He's not a man. He's not a woman. He is a spirit. God is a spirit. You can't see a spirit. What you can see is that God is love. You can't see love. You can't see love. But you can see the actions of love. We can't see love, but you can see the actions of love. You can see and you can experience the effects of love. You can see, you can see the actions of love. You can experience the effects of love, but you cannot physically see love. That is the image. And so when we say God is love, God love. And that is the bottom line. God love. So what we should be imagining, when somebody asks you to imagine God, we should be imagining 
love. Because he's not a man, he's not a woman. He's a spirit. And what he is, what he is, that is what he has created us to be like. Likeness. Im- image is a representative. Image means it's a representative. It's in likeness and it's similar. It's in likeness and it's similar. Similarity means closeness. Similar. It means closeness. It means a uniformity. I like that. Image and uh, the similar. Similar, which is, is helps define image. Similarity, which helps define image. It means a closeness. It means a uniformity. It means a kinship. It means a kinship. Our similarity is in kinship. Our similarity is in uniformity. Our similarity is in closeness. So when you're children, you don't want people to think, when, when, when people say that your children are similar to you, you don't want them to consider, it's okay that they consider that they look like you physically. But what you want, what you should want, if, if you are living properly, if, if you are, 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 are following after the ways of God, you should consider that they are talking about uniformity, closeness, kinship, similarity, that they are a representative of you. That's what we should consider. That's what we should want. That's what we should want and desire is that our children be after our image and our likeness as well. As we follow Christ, as we're after his image, and not to say that they're not, because they are too individually separate from that. They are their own. They are were also created in God's image and His likeness. But it should be it's, that's the uniformity. Because just as you are, they are. But as they see you walking in it and living it, then they should just be following in your kinship. They should be following in your image. They should be following in your likeness. When God said, "Told us," when God told us to to multiply. We were supposed to multiply ourselves. God gave them dominion over the sea. Gave them the dominion. He said, he said be fruitful and multiply. He, God gave us the, just as every other creature on earth is supposed to in their likeness. They were created. They were supposed to reproduce after their kind. Reproduce after their kind. And man is the same way. We're supposed to, be, we're supposed to reproduce after our kind. But the kind of us that God is, is, is concerned about is not just the physical, it's not just the bodies, but he's concerned about us producing in us what we have, in our children, what we have in us as we receive from him. That is what he's concerned about reproducing. He wants to reproduce that. And that's why it is important for us to be in line. It's important for us to not only accept Christ, but it's also important for us to be led by the Spirit. It's also important for us to be renewed in our minds and be conformed to God's renewing in, in His Word so that we can reproduce after our kind the way that God intends for us to. Again, this is about thinking how God thinks. We got to think about how God thinks. That's our whole point. That's part of his image. It's thinking like him. That's a part of his image, a part of his likeness. It's thinking, having that same mindset of Christ. Hebrews chapter 1. 
Because we want to dispel, we told you last week, we want to dispel these myths about, you know, people saying, and we get so haughty, and we think about after we've accepted Christ, and we, you know, all of this, we, all the knowledge that we have, and, and, and all of this, and we think we know more than everybody else about the Bible, and all this craziness. But Hebrews chapter 1, let's look at this. It says, number 1, in, God, in uh, verse 1, God who... At sundry times and in divers manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. We're talking about who? The Son, Jesus. Verse 3, we're still talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image. Here we go. Now there's a difference. The express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power when he had made, when he had by himself purged our sins. And we're not going to continue to read that. What I wanted you to see there is that it's the Son. It is Jesus Christ who is the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image. Now he didn't say, God never said, he didn't say we're going to create men in our express image. He said we're going to create man in our image, in our likeness. There is a difference. That express, that express, that, that's a very, a very different thing. Express is for the Son alone. It's for Jesus Christ alone. That means that he is the exact expression. He is the exact expression. The exact, he is the precise reproduction. Precisely. Precisely, there is there is nothing else but precision. Precision. When somebody works on you and you go to surgery, our sister sister uh, our sister Martin had surgery. I'm sure that she could she could appreciate a precise a precise cut. Not a little to the left, not a little to the right. Precise. And that's what the son is. He's a precise, not a little to the left, not like us, not a little to the left, not a little to the right. He is precise. His precise image. Our image, our image, and we've seen that, 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 that at the fall, our image had then was corrupted. Although we still had the image of God. It was not being, it was not operating functionally because of the fall. But there is no fall in Christ Jesus. He is the precise. He is the express. He is the precise. And that is reserved for him alone. Christ was made, made flesh. Remember, he is spirit. Christ is spirit. He is God, part of the Godhead. He is part of the Godhead. He is God. So he was made in the likeness of man. With a body, he was made in the likeness of man. Okay? He's God. He didn't have a body. No need for a body. He is spirit. He was made in the likeness of man. But for mankind, the natural is first. We were man. We are man, mankind. And we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Okay. So, mankind, humankind, was made according to God's likeness 
with some similarity, but with but not made the same. And sameness is and likeness are two different things. Sameness and likeness are two different things. So we were made like God. We were made like God in his image and his likeness. We were made like him. In manner. Likeness means manner and identity. Manner and identity in his likeness. His manner and identity. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And we're going to look at verse 29. And the scripture reads, Lo, this only have I found. Now this is, Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon. We know that Solomon was was considered wise, right? He asked for wisdom, right? He asked for wisdom. And in the years of his living, and all the time that he was living, this is one of the things that he said. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright. He made man upright. But they have sought out many inventions. God hath made man. God hath made mankind upright. But they have sought out many inventions. So a God originally created man to be upright. He originally created man to be upright. Adam and Eve, they had a, they had a, and we don't have time to go there, but they had a habitual, a habitual conformity of their natural powers. Remember we said man has powers. We have, we have powers. What's our power? Our mind is our power. Our will is our power. We have a power of choice. All of those things are very powerful. Your will is powerful. Because when you set your mind to do something, you're going to do it. Your choice is powerful. Because when you choose to do something, that sets the course of your life. All of those things, that's that's your power. You You have superpowers. You got powers. Okay, so man was created in his natural powers, in his mind, in his choice, in his will. Adam and Eve, when they, when they were created, they were habitually conformed in their, with their natural powers to obey the whole will of God. When they, walked, when they walked with God, when Adam walked with God, God gave him, he gave him instruction and he did it. He brought the animals to it. He said, name them. And he didn't, he didn't do that just right off the bat. He taught him some things first. And Adam did exactly what it was that God wanted him to do. He did exactly what it was that God wanted him to do. Exactly. When he was created, he was, that's all he knew. All he knew was God. That's all he knew. And so as God talked with him, as God walked with him, that's all... He had a clear understanding. He had a clear understanding of the spiritual things and there was no error, there was no mistake in his knowledge. We're talking about Adam. We're talking about mankind. There was no mistake in their, in their knowledge. No mistakes. He complied readily to the will of God. Readily. He was ready. Whatever God said, he was ready. Ready to do it. Ready to say it? He was ready. He complied.
There was no reluctancy. There was no resistance. His affections toward God were perfect. His affections toward God were regular and consistent. He had no inordinate appetites. No inordinate appetites. No inordinate passions. Regular and consistent affections toward God. His thoughts were easily brought and easily fixed on what was proper. His thoughts was easily brought and easily fixed on what was proper. There was no vanity. There was no wildness about him. He wasn't wild. He wasn't out there. There was no unruliness about him. This is at creation. This is when God formed him. That is the image. Remember, he was created in the image and the likeness of God. That was the perfect image. But because we have these bodies. Because God gave us something. And, God, and, and this is what happened. This is what happened. Satan then used, as he came into the garden, he began to use his craftiness. And all, all that he had to offer, which is what? Is his power of presentation? His power. He has powers too. His power of presentation, his power of persuasion. And then he began to seduce man. Began to seduce that thought. So the very thing that God created in man, which was the soul, he created in that, in the soul in man so that he could listen and learn of him and understand of him and to be able to, um, to be able to respond out of that, to be able to show actions out of that. Satan used that very same thing to destroy man. The very same thing he used. Because then he took the soul of man, his thoughts, he, what did he do? With, with Eve, it said that he came to her and he, basically all he did was, sh- he showed her. He says, oh, oh no, yeah, th- I know, I know what God said, but look at it, look at it. He showed her. And it, all, all God knows, now here comes persuasion. God knows, that's all he, he knows. If, if you eat of this... Her mind, her thoughts, her desires. He used her mind, her thoughts, and her desires. The thing that God created in her to be able to follow him, Satan was able to use to his advantage. That's all Satan does with us. So after that fall, after that fall, then we have man seeking. What did it say here? John, uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and 28 and, and uh, 29. Lo this, this, uh, lo, this only have I found, that God has made man. He made man upright, but they have sought out. After the fall, man began seeking out. When the enemy came, man began seeking out. So they sought out invention. They sought out way. They sought out ways. They sought out ways to conform to this world. Ways to conform to this body. Whatever it is, whatever it was. The thoughts, the desires, all of those things. 
So this is what's called. So we, in, in Minister Martin, he talked about the intoxication. So then we become intoxicated. At that point, they became intoxicated with the ways of the world. They became intoxicated with the ways, with the functionality, with, with, with uh, uh, the, the arrangement. They became intoxicated with all of those things. Uh, those things that Satan brought. Those things that Satan showed. Those things that, that Satan persuaded them. They became intoxicated with all of that. And this is why the creation, the new creation, the rebirth, that's why the rebirth is necessary. Remember I said, we, we, I'm not going to go there, but remember I showed you last time that, that God, that uh, Christ, he breathed into a second breathing when he breathed onto them the spirit of God, the disciples, right? He breathed, the, the, that was another in breathing, that was the impartation. He says, now the spirit of God be on you. The Spirit of God. That was the quickening. He was quickening. Remember the, the scripture tells in the Hebrews that we are quickened in our spirits. Now our spirits are now made alive to Christ again. Made alive to God again. All of that, that had all that intoxication and all of that. And that's why we're supposed to get the out of, our, get out of those things that we are familiar with. And we're supposed to conform ourselves. Conform ourselves. Why? Because that is the restoration. That is God restoring our souls. That is God quickening our spirits. God restoring our souls. And so as believers, that is what we have to do. John chapter 15. We're still talking about the family. We've we got to be right before we start talking about family. We are part of the family. John 15. Let's look at verse 3. No. 15. Let's look at verse 3. Now, ye are clean. So we have, we have been saved, we have, the, we have been, the Spirit of God now lives inside of us. He has brought restoration to our, our spirits. He's now trying to help us renew and restore our souls. It says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Jump down to verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So here, we're supposed to continue. We've been saved. We have been, our, our, our spirits have been made alive to Christ. We are renewing our minds. He's helping us to renew our minds by his word. Helping us to go back to conformity, to his will, to his ways. He's helping us to do that. And so we then have to continue in that. As long as we abide in him, now we can bear the fruit of the spirit of God. Bearing the fruit. Remember I said we cannot see love. We cannot see the, But we can see the actions of it. And it's the spirit of God living on the inside of us that helps bring about the character of Christ. That helps bring about those things that can be seen. 
that fruit that can be seen. And that's why we have to continue. And that's why we have to abide. So when we get out, Minister Martin told us, when we get out, we get away from our kindred, away from those formal things, away from those, those things that, that were familiar to us, those ways of, of life, those ways of the world that were familiar to us. When we get out of that, we're not supposed to go back to it. It says come out. So we're supposed to come out of those things and we're being brought, being brought into. So we came out of the world to be being brought into the word. Out of the world, into the word. Out of the world, into the word. And so as we abide and continue in the word, then we can bring forth the fruits as we are abiding in Christ and his word. Christ is the word. So as we abide in him, then we can bear forth. And, and, and the scripture says that God declared, He wants us to be, we're, we're in His, we are created in His image and His likeness. We are representatives of Him on this earth. We are not, we're not supposed to bear fruit. We're supposed to bear much fruit. We're supposed to bear much fruit. That is the desire and the will of God. Is that we bear much fruit. And the fruit, we know the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. We can stop there. Because in love, then we can see the other things, the actions that come out of that love. So just as Christ is love, it says right here, if we abide in Him, just as Christ is love, He loved the Father and He, he is the expression of love. And we are supposed to be the image and the likeness. We are supposed to be the expression of love. And that really sums it all up. That's the whole matter. If you love God, what the scripture says, if I love God, He wants us to love Him with our whole hearts, our whole spirits, our souls, our bodies. Love Him with all. And the other thing, love your neighbor. That sums it all up. Because then out of that, we can see the other thing. We can see other fruits from love. So that's why I said, when I say imagine, imagine God, we should imagine love. When I see you, I should see love. I should see love in your actions. You should see love in my actions. You should see love in what I do, in what I say. You should see love. Because I was created in the image and the likeness of God. You were created in the image and the likeness of God. There's another scripture I'm not going to be able to go there. But it says that we curse one another. Those very one another's that were created in the image of God. So next time you get ready to curse somebody out, understand that you are cursing out somebody that was created. They may not be operating. I said, sinner, they have the same capacity. A sinner has the same capacity. Because we were all created equal. Just like at one point you were not operating in the image and likeness. 
But they were created to. They, they, have a spirit, they, they have a spirit in them. They have a soul in them. They have the capacity. And that's part of our job. It's to help them to see that capacity. To help them to reach that capacity. That's what our job is. So you see somebody acting a fool tomorrow. Understand that they were created in the image and the likeness of God. It's just that their spirits have not been awake. They haven't been quickened yet. Our job is to help them see so that they can be quickened. Created in the image and the likeness of God. And we were all created the same. So that love, we should be able to see the love. And I think this is a good stopping point. As we continue next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up next week, but that's a good stopping point. All done in love. And just as we were, God, was crea- God is love, we were created in His image and His likeness, and that should be love. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.